Mike Morgan, Morgan on the move. We've done all his promos. And, of course, uh, following following the lead of our good friends at ESPN for creating uh, fake Emmys and fake names uh, in honor of Mike's fake Emmy from ESPN, he is now known as Morgan Michaels. So we welcome uh, Morgan Michaels to Sports Talk. Good evening. I've been called a lot worse. Good evening, guys. Not to be confused, of course, with the great Al Michaels. No, not to be confused uh, with Al Michaels or uh, Brett Michaels or uh, George or, Michael or anybody. Or, um, let me think, um, Michaels Laundry or anything like that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's great to have you with us. Hope you had a, a, a good week. And uh, let's talk about yeah. what has happened over the last 24 hours, man. Ooh. I mean, we've seen three icons of football, college and pro Um well, two walking away, or one. Well, one walking away, one pushed away, and uh, another one. I guess. Well, he's still going to coach, but he's been pushed away from his job. Yeah, I. I mean, it's one of those where now, in the in the sports landscape, particularly in in football, things just happen in gigantic tsunami type waves. It's not just like a you know a spattering of news here and a spattering of news there, and then you know Phil, you squeeze in the Scandinavian ski report. Like it, it's now you're just bombarded <laughs> by all of these major storylines. Just after we're catching our breath from the end of college football season, you now have the greatest college football coach of all time and the greatest NFL coach of all time. Uh, both out of their post. And like you said, one is retiring. The other one and Bill Belichick, we really don't know for sure uh, what's going to happen there. Uh, I, the only thing I can say on the, uh, the Saban storyline, and obviously when it, you know, when it alerted me on my phone, which is how we all get alerts nowadays, right? Uh, I, I was surprised. I would not say I was shocked. And I, I've told this story before that, in 2022, which was the last of about a handful of saving games that I had the pleasure of calling, you know, we meet with the coaches beforehand, and we had 30 minutes with Nick. And usually those 30 minutes contain uh, strategy-type questions and too-deep-type questions and how's your health, how's this, how's that. Five minutes of the session went that way. The other 25 was an uninterrupted diatribe on the state of college football and how it's in a bad way. Mm-hmm. And that, I, I, I just, I've never seen Nick, like Nick gets ornery over certain things from time to time. And I think a lot of it, quite frankly, uh, was a little bit of acting to help get his team motivated for a big game. Uh, but this was truly genuine. You know, there were no cameras on. This is just a, a room full of about eight people. And he just let it rip. And it sounded like a guy to me that had enough, not had enough of Alabama, not had enough of preparing and scouting for an opponent and all the things that come with being a premier head coach in college football, but enough the way the sport is being handled right now. And I think, you know, the the final straw was just the end of this season. I think he really took a look at it. You know, we interviewed Shane Beamer today on uh, inside the Gamecocks and he told us something I, I had no idea the day before he announced his retirement, he was one of the 16 SEC coaches on a conference call. Mm. So he, at that point, he was still all in. 
Wow. And he, he was still talking. And then 24 hours later, if that, he announces, nope, I'm done. I'm retiring. So I, I think that, that tells me a number of things, including it's with mixed emotions. No, he still has the passion. The game hasn't passed him by. He relates to players. He's still a, a magnificent coach. So he still wants to do this, but he doesn't want to do it in the current climate. And he finally said, you know what? There's no resolution in sight. I'm out. I'm done. I'm putting my chips in. I'm going down to Jupiter in my $17 million mansion. I'm running my car dealerships. Hmm. I'm spending time with Miss Terry on vacation, and I'm going to enjoy my best life. Yeah, you're right. Um, and, and you wonder, you know, the thing is, it might have pushed him out, yet he did embrace the portal. I mean, he used the portal, and he did embrace NIL because was it when Bryce Young was a freshman, he said, look, we got a quarterback who's making a million dollars. So he yeah. didn't fight the system. He might not have liked the system, but he didn't fight it. Uh, and he ado- well, he kind of yeah. adopted to it, and he, he continued yeah. to procure uh, great talent uh, through the transfer portal and through NIL and buying players. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's no dummy. You, mm. you can't compete without it. I mean, you, you can't compete at a, at a national championship level if you don't go in. So as the, his famous words were, it is what it is. In other words, I don't want to do this, and I don't think it's the right way to do this. And by the way, I want to be clear on this. Uh, Nick Saban and all these coaches that are so critical about the way things are going right now in college football, none of them are saying that the college athletes shouldn't be compensa- compensated. None of them are saying, well, that money should go somewhere else. That's not the point. The point is, just like in the NFL, you have a salary cap. Just like in the NFL, you have a contract that has to be honored or you don't get paid. Just like in the NFL, you, you shouldn't be able to poach players from other schools and other rosters. That's the point of Nick Saban and every other coach that I've dealt with over the last two, three years. So I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's uh, you know, old school or – or a grouchy or get off my lawn guy that's recognizing that the system is broken and we need to do something to fix it. And it's pretty clear a sport that is a rudderless ship without a commissioner and with every conference looking after their own best interest, that it's not going to be fixed anytime soon. Visiting with Mike Morgan, Morgan on the move. You know, I, I'm always interested when these major coaching searches uh, erupt because I mean, there is a rush to judgment on who the next coach will be or a rush to judgment as to who wants to be the next coach or a rush to judgment as to who is on a list. And this time I think that the national college media is befuddled over who it's going to be because Dan Lanning obviously was the guy everybody was pointing to, and it's not him. Dabo Sweeney is kind of like the natural thought, but it's not going to be him. Lane Kiffin was a nice fallback to consider, but it's not going to be him. So is it going to be DeBoer at Washington? Is it going to be Sarkeesian? Does Greg Byrne actually have a plan? Does he actually have somebody in mind that he can go to? There's been talk of, you know, within 72 hours they would have the coach. What do you think's going on behind the doors there? Uh, I don't want to say panic. <laughs> that would be the wrong word. <laughs> Uh, and, and I don't know what's being done in back channels, but I can tell you that Greg Byrne is a very sharp athletic director like most of these guys. They're smart. They're no dummies. But how many times have you and I had to say, whether it's a 
Carolina job search or a Clemson job search, just because you want somebody doesn't mean they want you back. Mm-hmm. And an athletic director can be the most charming and influential guy in the world. If the coach doesn't want to be at your school or if he thinks he's had a better offer or he's more happier where he is right now, he's not going to your school. So Greg Byrne, while he is a very adept and competent athletic director and Alabama's considered the premier job in college football, the guys that are all rumored for the for this job are all in really good situations that don't necessarily want to leave. I mean, for years, it was the Dabo rumors, right? And then lately, it's become the Lane Kiffin rumors. I don't think it's going to be either one of those guys. And then you just mentioned some other big names that, again, are in good positions that might not take the job. You didn't mention Mike Norvell, by the way, at Florida State. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe because he might be the guy. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, uh, honestly, I mean, of all the other guys, like, he might be in the most precarious situation because you've got a, a program that desperately want to get wants to get out of the conference, and you just don't know what that's going to look like or how long that's going to take or what have you. But, I, look, they're all really good coaches, um, and whoever they get, there's going to be some people that are like, yeah, that's who I wanted all along. And then there's going to be other fans that are saying, I, I don't think so. How is this guy going to be the next Nick Saban? And the fact of the matter is, no one is going to be the next Nick Saban. Nobody is going into Tuscaloosa and winning six national championships. Uh, no one is going to have 10 number one ranked recruiting classes in 17 years. No one is going to produce 49 first round draft picks. <laughs> no one's coming. No one's following this. It's impossible. And that's one of the reasons why a number of these coaches, when they get the phone call, are saying, Thank you. I'm very flattered but I'm happy where I am. Mm-hmm. With that being said, Mike, a couple questions if we have time here. First of all, just last last couple of years, I guess last three years or so, we've seen a lot of the what I would consider formative coaches in my lifetime and a lot of other folks' lifetimes out there for going back 30-plus years. Nick Saban's now retired, arguably the best college football coach ever. Bill Belichick, arguably the greatest NFL coach ever. <laughs> Pete Carroll, who found success and won championships in college and in the NFL. Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski at Duke, stepping down and retiring. Roy Williams at UNC. And I'm sure there's plenty others that just aren't off the top of my... Jay uh, Wright. Jay Wright, there you go, at Villanova, another great one. Is there something to be said about this just being such a transition period in sports, whether it's collegiate and professionally? Because we talk about the NIL and the transfer portal in college, but there's also been a lot of changes in the professional level as well. Is, is this just coincidence? Is just the way it is with these guys all getting older, or is there more to it? Well, I bring up Jay Wright because he's not that old. Like that, that's, you know, of all those other guys you mentioned, you could make the argument, well, they were kind of uh, in the latter stages of their career anyway. That's not the case with Jay Wright. And I will say this, Nick Saban might be the youngest 72-year-old I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I, I don't think it's an age thing as much as, I really think there are a number of coaches, again, if you saved your money right and you have enough for that you could live on the rest of your life, they just don't want to deal with this anymore. They simply do not want to deal with this anymore. And that is as uh, disturbing as, as anything. Is that It's one thing if the fans are upset and the fans don't like certain aspects of, of all of it, but the people that are teaching and guiding these young men to battle every Saturday – if they think the system sucks to the point where they're willing to walk away from millions of dollars in the thing they love most in this world, that ought to tell you something's a little bit broken right now. 
Yep, and they're trying every which way they can through Congress, through the NCAA, to try to come up with some way to to fix it and and make it work, and hopefully they can fix it. I'm not going to say it's not fixable, but hopefully they can come up with a a plan that works. Let's shift gears for a moment. You were on, I believe you were on the Tennessee-Mississippi State game last night. I think I saw you on my channel as I was cruising the channels before I set on the uh, Celtics game. Sorry, Mike, you're up against the seas. Uh, I I understand. What a great win by the seas last night in overtime after getting screwed the previous game in Indianapolis. Um, (laughs) So I'm sorry, but I did see you uh, uh, doing a pregame. But a great win for Mississippi State at the hump, beating the fifth-ranked team in the country. Yeah, and you know what that is, too. That's a win for South Carolina Mm. because you want the teams that you played, especially the ones you beat, you want them to do well. So all of a sudden, Mississippi State – is a much more impressive win considering they just beat the number five team in America just a few days later. Uh, so that that was a, a win for Gamecock fans by proxy. Uh, but it was a great game. If you, it's too bad you missed the end, Phil. You missed a heck of an ending. <laughs> I, I, I can only hope the Celtics game was as entertaining. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> the call was great, you know, Mike. Was, I was watching. Great job, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. Get, Phil, buy that man a meal, will you? Treat your employees better. Uh no, it was, uh, you know, it's an interesting time right now in the SEC. Like, I've got Auburn, LSU on Saturday. Those are two 2-0 and teams. We have four undefeateds left. Oh, oh, that's it. Only four teams are 2-0. and We have four teams that are 0-2 that are staring 0-3 in the face. And then you've got, you know, the middle right there, which includes a 1-1 a Gamecock team uh, getting ready, obviously, for a big game on the road at Como. But <clears throat> I think the SEC – the game that uh, you saw and, and some other games already has shown itself very well as a conference here in the early going. Yeah. And, you know, f- folks who aren't aware, besides doing basketball, Mike does NFL football on the radio. I don't know if you're doing a playoff game this weekend, but I was kind of hoping you'd be assigned to Kansas City where it's supposed to be minus 30. <laughs> minus 30 wind you. chill. Let me tell you something. By the way, I had the, the, the Jaguars-Titans on Sunday, and I, I feel bad for Trevor Lawrence because he's obviously hurt. Yeah. And uh, the, the Jaguars really spit the bit on a game that you, you had to win to, to, to go to the playoffs, and they lost to a 5-11 and team. Um, no, I, I do not have a postseason game, but I will tell you this. A year ago, the day either before Christmas or after Christmas, I had a regular season game at Kansas City. Of course, I'm excited. I've never been – uh, at Arrowhead, I'm on the field, I'm mm-hmm. watching Pat Mahomes warm up. The temperature, the wind chill, was minus six. <laughs> I, I have never been in that kind of cold in my life. When I was an announcer for Carolina and did the Great Alaskan Shootout, it was zero degrees. And I thought that I would never have this kind of bone-chilling cold for the rest of my existence yeah. on the planet. And then I went to Kansas City. Minus six. I had to buy a winter coat. I didn't own a winter coat. I'm a southerner. You don't need a winter coat around here. I bought one just to stop from having hypothermia on the field and in the press box. Well, they're saying it it will be the coldest game in the history of the NFL this one in Kansas City Sunday. Too bad none of us will see it because it'll be exclusively on Peacock, but that's neither here oh, nor there. Oh, I subscribe. You want oh, my uh, that's oh, yeah, the Peacock game? Yeah. You want my? Uh, yeah. I'll be happy to wrench in my username and password. Perfect. Can't wait. Uh, my- you do not pay six bucks a month, <laughs> Phil. I know you. There's no way the Corn Blute family right. is spending you know, six dollars on Peacock. But it's you a know, free three month trial. No, you know why I did it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I got the real deal. 
And I got it because Peacock is where Yellowstone was. Ah. The, the five ah. years of Yellowstone to get caught up, the only place to get it to catch all the years was at Peacock. And so, yes, I subscribe to Peacock. I will watch that game on Peacock. Next time you're, next time you're out west, paramount. Mike. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. Well, I thought that was Paramount, not Peacock. But, Par- but I got yeah. my P's mixed up. Par- paramount <laughs> has Paramount has 1883, and they'll have any future editions of uh, ah, Yellowstone. But the, okay. the old ones okay. are on um, – I think I'm right about that. That's why I got Peacock, so I could catch up. Pat's got a question. And before the bring question, it, ne- next time you're out west calling a game, Mike, uh, do us all a favor and bring it, bring back a cowboy hat for Phil st- to start wearing during the games. A Get cowboy it. hat? He's a big Yellowstone fan. I feel oh, like yeah. the guy needs himself a nice yeah. hat. And a horse. Yeah, you I know. need a horse. I need a horse. And a, a horse, some spurs, some chaps. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I can see that'd be a good look for you, Phil. Thank I, you. I think we need to break that out. You, I mean, you are the the symbol mm. of an old school, red blooded American man. Back when men were men, if anybody fits the bill, it's you, Phil. I, I feel like I'm a throwback to a a quieter time in America. You really are. You're the John Wayne of Sports Talk Radio. I've always said that. <laughs> Ask your question. <laughs> Back on track here. College basketball. South Carolina and Clemson both got off to hot starts. After an 11-1 start, now Clemson's lost three in a row in ACC play. After the Gamecocks' 13-1 start, only lost to Clemson, they now have lost their SEC, not opener, but second game against Alabama. Are the Tigers and the Gamecocks in trouble? Was maybe, to use uh, Phil's word here, a bit of fool's gold earlier, or do you think they can they can rebound and correct the season? Well, I, I think they're two different scenarios. Like Clemson was supposed to be good at the beginning of the year, uh, picked in the upper half of the ACC, a veteran team with Hall and a veteran coach in Brownell. Uh, they were supposed to be good, and I think that's still a good team, but conference play is just different. Carolina's playing with house money. I mean, a 12-1 and start and a win against Mississippi State in conference play for a team that was picked last in the SEC, which I don't think is going to finish last or even close to it, uh, I, I think they're really two different scenarios, uh, but I, I do think that, you know, the SEC uh, right now, top to bottom, and I, I was trying to at least caution, not warn, but caution Gamecock fans, be excited, be engaged, but, but also be realistic. Like, you're going to take some losses in the league, especially on the road. But the Alabama result did not exactly shock me. Now the question is, can you bounce back and try to steal one in Como? Mike, we can't give you a fake Emmy, but we can give you a real corny. Congratulations, you've won the corny tonight. And we'll talk to you next week. That sounds really painful, but uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Mike Morgan on the move. Be right back. 